We are reading once again from the place where we read. Natera tugenda kudamusome wenyini wetwasomye ku Sunday. And we read verse 18. Uh tusomeo chapter 4. Olinyirira 18 olwa matayo esura yokuna. Matayo esura yakuna olinyirira 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he, he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straight away left their nets and followed him. <laughs> Nala baburu ganda babiri, Simoni, Gwebaita Petero, ni Andrea Muganda. Ngabasu Romu Gonjo, Munyanja, Kubanga Bali Babubi. Nava Gamanti, Muje, Muitenangi, Nangendiba Fura, Ababubi Babantu. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them, and they immediately left the ship. And their father and followed him. Amangwa go nebarika emigonjo jabu nebaita na ye. Nata ambulako mumaso. Nala baburu ganda babiri abalala. Kakobo omana wazebedayo. Neyokana muganda we. Ngabali muliato. Wamu nechitabu wezebedayo. Ngabayunga emigonjo jabu. Nabaita. Amangwa go nebarika u eriatu. Nechitabu nebagenda na ye. Amen. Father, we uh, commit this meeting into your hands, Lord. Speak to each heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have your seats. I'm speaking on the sobering experience of the upper room encounter. And this is going to be a part two. And uh, we talked about a uh, little bit of it on, on Sunday. And it's good to see those who, have, uh, who are here tonight. Amen. Amina. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord this evening? You need to shout amen, not say amen. Amen. That's what joy is. You don't say it softly. You say it loudly. Open. And so we noticed that these were men that Jesus Christ called. Yes, and and I thought that this is a good subject to speak about after we had spent a, a few weeks talking about the calling. 
Ndabanti omutweku no murunjo kuogeru wako. Oruva njimaro kubanga tumaze wiki eziwera konga tuogera kukuitibwa. You see, God calls Katonda Aita. those that he predestinated. Abo and he predestinates those he predestinated those that he had not foreknown and he knows that we shall be conformed into his image but you see even those that are called they need to come to a place where they cannot be moved to be called is one thing but to stay and to abide in your calling is another these men were special they were special because they received the calling you see you are special my sister because you have received the calling you are special tell your neighbor you are special we are all special because we have heard and received and accepted the calling many are called but few are chosen I want you to understand that Jesus he did not call everybody he met on the road he only called those that were in his mind before the foundation of the world notice how he goes to the sea and he found Peter and Andrew casting a net into the sea. They were fishing because they were, they were trained and they grew up and they, that's all they knew how to do. But when Jesus met them, I believe there were also others doing the same activity that Andrew and Peter were doing. Jesus did not call them because they were simply fishers. Jesus called them because he knew them. Jesus called them because he ordained them to receive the calling. Hallelujah. Amen. So I wanted to follow me closely here. He did not call you because of, 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 of your characteristics. He didn't call you because you are beautiful or handsome. He didn't call you because you had good behaviors or bad behaviors. He did not even base on a fact that you were better than others. Everyone he called, the Bible says that this so and so found grace in the sight of God. Grace means unmerited favor. What do not deserve, but you have been awarded. Those that he calls, he imputes no sin unto them. Not because they were not sinners, but because God decided to impute no sin upon them. 
those that imputed no sin upon are the ones that he called but those that were called they were not called because of how spiritual they were they were called because they were in his mind before the foundation of the world but after they have been called amen then he says follow me these men literally followed him they were so happy by following him they sat under his ministry for three and a half years but for all this time these men had not become sober let me tell you, you can follow Christ. For so long, we can be in the church for so long. But you see, that does not mean that you have become sober. And this, by the way, is the greatest hindrance to Christianity. Men who follow Jesus Christ, they call themselves the name of a Christian but they do not live up to the standard of being a Christian but they do not stand the test of the word when you are given a word test you fail every test you see when you are given a word test on your miniskirt you fail when you are given a a, a, a word test on your morals, you fail. When you are given a word test on your behaviors around others, you fail. You see, this, the, but the man says, just give it a word test. It's not what you claim to be. It's not what I claim to be. Let us take you and put you at a place. And then take the word and give you a word test. The question is, will you pass the test? If you cannot pass the test, then you are not sober. You know some uh, police officers if they want to test sobriety if they want to test if someone is drunk if they want to test they have a tester and you know the older drivers come driving by and then you, you also come driving with your alcohol smelling all over your mouth. You. They simply put a tester. And they tell you breathe. And then if you have alcohol in your system, the machine catches you. Drunk. You officer. As long as the tester caught you and went in red, 
Nekaka you are drunk. You to tell us where you, why you are drinking, while, while you are driving, while drunk. In the same way, we have a way to test sober Christians. We have a way to test sober believers. And that is by the word test. Hallelujah. Amen. They may be speaking in tongues. They may be shouting in the Holy Ghost. But as long as they cannot pass the word test, they are not sober. Now, these three, these men, the disciples of Jesus Christ, they they sat under the ministry of Jesus for a space of three years and a half. And after all this time, they were following him. But they were enthused about their calling. They had answered the call to follow Jesus. But at the end of it all, they forgot the purpose for why they were called. Jesus called them from being fishers of men to being from being fishers of fish to being fishers of men. And like I told you on Sunday, Jesus' quest was not to disappoint their life's goals and purpose. When he called you, my brother, a baby, his intention was not to, to make you miserable. His intention was not to disappoint your purpose, your life's purpose. Jesus is not that bad, brother. Disappoint your life's goal. No, you always wanted to be a fisher. You wanted to be a prosperous fisher. You wanted to be a rich fisher. An experienced fisher. So when he calls you, he's going to make you exactly what you wanted to be. He's going to make you a fisher. But not just a fisher that you thought. But it's going to make you a better fisher, brother. Hallelujah. Amen. Whereby you were going, you were in, you were thinking that you will fish. Fish. But he says, I'm going to make you fish better things. Which one is better? Fish or man? One, one soul is worth 10,000 uh, Can you say it together with me? One soul is worth 10,000 worlds. And you are that soul. I am that soul. Amen. You are not cheap. Hallelujah. Amen. I am not cheap. You are not cheap. Every seed of God is not cheap. We are expensive. There is a price that someone paid to redeem 
us. That price could not be paid by no one but God himself. And here are men who were never educated. And their life's goal and purpose was to become fishers. But when Jesus came their way, Hallelujah! Amen. He told them, "Come and follow me. I will make you fishers of men. I know you are fishers. I am not going to disappoint your goal and your purpose in life." But I'm only going to make the purpose of your life come out clear. I'm going to make it greater. I'm going to make it brighter. I'm going to make it stronger. I'm going to make it richer. I'm going to make it more powerful. Let me tell you, church, there is no loss in serving God. There is no loss in living a Christian life. There is no disappointment in living for Jesus. Why? Because it does not disappoint your papa. He only brings out stronger, clearer, richer, more powerful. Hallelujah. Amen. Greater than you would ever imagine. Greater than you would have ever known. Hallelujah. Amen. The excellence, you remember what we talked about the other time, the excellence of his greatness and grace. Praise the name of the Lord. There is no loss. I said there is no loss. Is there someone here who believes that? There is no loss. I wanted to be a preacher in the Anglican church wearing those big robes. That's what I wanted to be. That's, that was my greatest goal. That was my life's purpose. I thought that was the best thing to do to be closer to God. But one day, hallelujah, I met the Lord Jesus. This man met him and he told me, like he told them, come follow me. Come follow me. And I've been following him ever since. Did you ever meet him one day? Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. The, then the Bible tells us here that these men. One day, of course, after the death of Jesus, they were no longer with him. And one day, Peter was there. And he felt like going to fish. He felt like going back in his old life. Listen, church. That's the worst decision you will ever make. That's the worst decision any Christian can ever make. It is better not to 
live your old life than to leave it and return back to it. Because if you leave your old denomination, if you leave your own old culture, if you leave your old you know, thoughts and ideas, and then you return back to them, you are going to be worse than you were when you were there in the first place. These men returned. And the Bible tells us they caught nothing. And Jesus came and asked them. He said, give me a little fish. Did you catch a little fish? Some fish? They said, no. We didn't catch nothing. We went through that on Sunday. And he told them to cast the net on the right side. That they shall find. But I want to skip all that because we talked about it on, on Wednesday, on Sunday. And I want us to look, I'll probably begin with, the, with this quote here. From the message at Kadesh Banea. But what's the matter today? You've took the altar out of the church. And you have put it in the basement. And the only fire you have got left is in the basement. You see, what we need, what we need is an old upper room experience. Where God powers out his Holy Ghost power and fire like he did in the beginning. This is exactly what these disciples needed. These disciples needed an upper room experience. Are you here this evening? Are you here? These disciples needed an upper room experience. Why do I say that? Brother Bebe, these were men who were with Jesus for three years and a half. They had sat, they had sat under his ministry for three years and a half. They, Jesus even reached a point whereby he trusted them. Yes, and he told them to go out and cast out demons. To go out and do his wonderful work. And these men went out. And when they reached there, they simply speak and demons disappear. These men had such authority. These men had such power. Why? Because their names was on the book of life. And also they were called by the Lord of glory. And they were sent by Jesus. So they had authority. And now these men, after having been all this time with Jesus, and Matthew, Jesus is the best teacher that the world has ever seen. He's the best preacher that there has ever been. After all this time, Jesus went. And they remained alone. 
Some of them have, had even sweared. We will never leave you. Where you go, we will go. Nothing. What you tell us, just call us. We will Wait, do what you are saying. Some, some of them even came on that night when he told them bring whatever you are bringing bring the sword some of them were ready to die for him and they Jesus knew it by the way. He knew these men had not yet had an upper room experience. And on that day when he was going to be taken away by the uh, scribes and the Pharisees, he had told them to bring whatever they had. And in he knowing their heart that they are not yet they have not yet had an upper room experience. They have not yet had that encounter with the life of Jesus. But they had, listen to this brother, don't say it, I want you to preach it. They had simply received the encounter with a man. They had received an encounter with a man, Jesus. With the ministry of Jesus, no, the word, the but they had not yet received an encounter with the life that was in Jesus. No, so when Jesus told them to come, they came with a sword. And one of them, Peter, he even wanted to demonstrate for Jesus. I can actually even show you that I am really for you. I am going to defend you. I'm going to be with you. When this man wanted to cut Jesus, Peter quickly picked up the sword and cut this man and I'm sure he was like, yeah. Now my Lord will appreciate me. Now my Lord will know. I am a real genuine believer. You know, sometimes there are those that want to show that they are more believers than others. And Peter was one of them. And when the man cut off his ear, Jesus looked at Peter. Yes, Peter. Peter looked at Jesus. <laughs> Jesus picked the ear. Yes, and he put it back. And he said, He that kills with the sword will die with the sword. Listen, church. The salvation we have received is not of flesh and blood. It's not to be taken lightly. It's a spiritual thing. It's to be taken spiritual. The only way we are going to abide in our calling is to receive the Holy Spirit. To have the upper room encounter. Not by strength, not by our strength. Not by our, what we can do for so the Lord Jesus, but by yielding. And Brother Banam says, what we need is an upper room experience. Now he says, now I notice here is what God did. Cain comes up. Cain he offers in his offering. Now if God only requires a church membership, 
Katonda bwabaya gala muntu kuba member wa kanisa chokka Cain had it Kaini yali member If God requires sincerity Katonda bwabaya gala bwesimbu Cain had it Kaini yali mwesimbu And then if God requires a sacrifice Katonda bwabaya yali gala sadaka Cain had it Kaini yajirina So God what do you want from me Na yekatonda dalonja gazachi Sacrifice sadaka Cain had it Kaini yajirina Obwesimbu Kain yabulina Offering Obwechiwebwayo Kaini yawayo Church membership Okungana mukanisa Kaini yali member Shipping Okungana fellowship Kaini yakungana And the fight when Abel miss fellowship Kain never miss fellowship Amazima matufu Abel ilwata sabanga Kaini ye ya sabanga Because there was a day when Cain when Abel was not there. Kubanga wali wali naku. Abel ilwatali wali. And God had to ask Cain. Katonanabuza Caini. About the whereabouts of Abel. Ndiyate Muganda wali wa. Cain never missed the church service. Kaini wate wali naku luatasa. So if you miss church service. Katibuosubu wakujamu kanizo kusaba. You are even worse than Cain. Ate kwene Caini omusingo obubi. Can you imagine? This is a good revelation child. That's why Jesus said our righteousness needs to be higher than that of Pharisees. The Pharisees go to church. When is a great day. When is a great scene. They show off in public. They give in public. They pray because of others. Whatever they do is because of others. The disciples, Jesus wanted their faith to be higher than that of the Pharisees. Higher than just fellowship. Higher than just church membership. Am I preaching to someone here today? Higher than just church membership. Higher than just offerings. Higher than sacrifice and all that. And then after he got his sacrifice, his altar, his church, everything ready, beautiful, probably a lot more beautiful than Abel's was. But God doesn't dwell in beauty made by hand. The beauty of holiness is where God dwells in. Where the power of the Holy Spirit dwells. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. And by the way, that is from honestly contending for the faith. That And I will give you this from Atkadeshpanea. He says, what we need today is a good old-time St. Paul's revival. And the Bible, Holy Ghost, back into the church again. There is so much of this wishy-washy carrying on. In the name of Christianity. Taking away so much denomination, so much theology. So much education. People don't walk and people don't walk. Anyhow, as crippled as the church is. Says your faith is your crutch. Education will never do it. 
The denomination will never do it. There will never be an organization ever substitute the upper room experience. You see, friends, I'm sorry. You may come and attend church here. You may give your offering. You may be a good member. Oh, I may love you so much. But if you do not receive that upper room experience, all the labors were for nothing. And Shame was telling me, I think, yesterday or today, that he realized he was always jumping up and down to go to school. But, but the moment he came back to his senses, he said he noticed that at that moment he would have lost his life. And then what matters after that? Nothing else matters. Whatever you're trying to chase in this life, point of death, you realize that nothing really matters. This life is but vapor. You can lose it at any moment in your life. You have no assurance that you are going to live for 20 more years. That's what we all think. And we all plan for it. And that's okay. But no one has an assurance that that will be. Brother Luanga, you are standing here. I am standing here with you. But any of us could go at any moment. You could go any moment from now. But the question is, if you go any moment from now, have you got an upper room experience? Nothing can substitute it. They will never be a school will never will ever take place at Pentecost. Not by power, not by might, but my, by my spirit, says the Lord. That's what we need today. To get back to the Bible experience. Christians that are born again and are washed in the blood of the Lamb, made white. Regenerated, twice born. I say amen, Lord, give it to me. This is what the world needs today. Uh, is a revival, an all-time revival. Imagine the disciples were always here and there. Here and there. They never found sure purpose before the upper room encounter. They denied Jesus before they found that encounter. before they found that encounter. And I can tell you, you can do anything before you find an upper room encounter. 
Doesn't matter whether you come to church. Doesn't matter whether you pay your tithe. Doesn't matter whether you dance in the church. Doesn't matter what you do. What you say you are. Any of you, any of us. If we don't have an upper room encounter. You are even worse than the unbeliever. How many understand what I'm talking about? They lied. I want you to watch Peter. Look at this scene here. Peter stands before the Lord. And he says. Literally, like in our language, you would say. We can say, I'll die for you. Peter said that. Did he mean it? Did he mean it? <laughs> Some of you think that Peter was lying. He actually meant it. This man said it with passion. When Peter said, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, yes, my Lord, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Peter, Ay, 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 ay. She doesn't love me. Surely, do you think I've been just wasting my time for nothing? I truly love you. So, okay, go feed my sheep. Said, Amen. And at one time, Rumu. he knew that Jesus knew he loved him. And he came around where Jesus was. And he told Jesus, I'm ready to die for you. Where you will die, I will be there. Even if all these other brothers leave you, I will not leave you. Even if Father Brilliant goes, I will be here. If Father Martin takes off, I will be here. I don't care even if Brother uh, Brother Andrew takes off and sees away. I will be right here with you, my Lord. Because my heart for you is more than anybody else. Peter meant his words to Jesus. Peter was sincere. As sincere could be. Peter was religious. Peter had sacrificed his entire life for the cause of following Jesus. Peter had given up being a fisherman for Jesus. Friends, can't you see what I'm talking about? Peter had sacrificed his entire life. For fighting for a cause he didn't even know nothing about. He had never known the true Jesus. He had only met a master, but he had never met the Lord himself. And this same Peter turns around one day when they're beating Jesus. I can't stay. <laughs> this is the man I was following. See the blood. See how they're treating. To follow this one. I'm bewitched. I'm sure he thought in his heart. And a little girl came around. Said, 
I saw you with them. I thought. You know what you're talking about? Peter cast with his mouth. Peter praised and glorified Jesus at one point. And he said, You don't know what you're talking about. Look at this little girl. Can you leave this place? Do you know what I can do to you? Look at this stupid little girl. And the girl was like, ah, like mama, What mama. type of monster is this? Not once. But twice. No, go Not twice, but three times. No, go Can you imagine? This man is the one who had followed Jesus faithfully. Oh, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what was missing? Oh, encounter. encounter. No matter whether you are an end-time message believer. And you have been here for a while. Before you receive the upper room encounter. You are as worse as you have ever been. Peter denied Jesus. He lied about him. He cursed. He did anything he could do. He killed Jesus by denying him. Why? He had not yet received that encounter. Hallelujah. Amen. That's a man before they received the Holy Ghost. I wanted to paint a picture for you. See that a man before they receive the Holy Ghost, they can do anything. Can do anything. Anything. And what we need is the Holy Ghost. Forget about this people who tell you when you receive the message. It's a full package. Everything is there. You need to receive an encounter. With the Lord Jesus one day. Said watch everything about your life changing. That is a permanent change. A permanent change. I said a permanent change. It's no longer just following. Just talking well when others are there. Just doing right when others are there. And living another kind of life. Hmm. hundred and twenty fishermen. And a and a little old sellers of purple women and those gathered themselves in an upper room and those gathered they gathered themselves in the upper room and closed the doors 
Some of them not enough education to sign their own names. God transformed them from fishers to fishers of men. Hallelujah. Man. By the way, when Jesus said, yes, I will make you fishers of men, when you become fishers of men, the day you receive an encounter with the Holy Ghost, and he says in the upper room, there he transformed them from fishers to fishers of men. From men and women of the streets, the saints of God, to immortal, the transforming power of God. Let me tell you, Brother Joe, there is one day when we can no longer get a time like this. To come in church and hear the word. Do you think I really want to come? And take the word and preach to you and shout and strain and sweat and then get back and be very wary. It's out of duty. If I don't do it, I, I, I am bound to do it. I'm a prisoner. And there are many, many hundreds of millions like me in the world. God has called and placed somewhere to, to implore men, to ask them, to encourage them. To breathe them to receive this Holy Ghost. To receive this encounter with the Lord Jesus. Why? Because there is a time coming. And the Bible says, when that time came, there were these beasts. Of course, here we are now talking about the time of the tribulation. You know, they were like birds. Yeah, they had uh, like hair like that of women. And they were being sent on the earth. To go and men. To go and destroy. But their mission was not to go to the to the flora and fauna. But these were sent to men. Why? Because it is only men that can receive an upper room encounter. It's only men that can receive an encounter with God and be changed for them to change men. But all those who will not heed to that calling, all those who accept the call, all those who don't get that chance and that opportunity of receiving an encounter, they will be headed for the tribulation. The tribulation is as real as we are here right now. I was just hearing news today, I think. And they were saying that now China was saying that if 
that if any that nobody will make Taiwan uh, away from them or like it's part of their territory. And, and he said if they try to do it, they're calling for war. It looks like the world is going through certain birth pain. And, and you see the wars and rumors of wars everywhere. And uh, you, you know very well that this actually will be leading towards what the Bible promised would be. Diseases. Many of these are caused even by men. The devil has an agenda. But God has an agenda too. God's agenda is to prepare men. To prepare fishermen. To prepare little old sellers of, uh, of this and uh, women and men and boys and girls. His purpose is to gather them somewhere in the upper room somewhere. Amen. And then fill them with the Holy Ghost. And then send them back again in the world. To go and be fishers of men in the street. I imagine in the days of Noah. There were people. That came in the ark. Said, no, God bless you. Amen. Amen. No, I've decided no, from what the Lord has done for me that I'm going to be a part of this. Noah. Noah. You are a true man of God. You are a true prophet now. Your message is correct. It is from God. And I'm even going to help you build the earth. <laughs> They were not right the way you are today. They clapped and said hallelujah. And another sister came. Praise God, church. Amen, they say. I, I saw I'm so happy. God has done so great things And from today, this will be my home church. Another brother came. Another sister came. Another brother came. Another he is what he had the message of the hour. And now it was so weird to the people. It was so indifferent. Are you aware that the message of Noah came at a time when the world was so civilized? The world until today has not yet reached the civilization of Noah. Are you aware that the, 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 the great pyramid of Giza was built before Noah? 
Obadochi Maninti, a pyramid, a Yaguf, a the pyramid of the great pyramid of Giza. Pyramid in Egypt. You know, we can talk about that pyramid one day. But according to history, no one knows who built that great pyramid. There are other pyramids around the area. And these pyramids are all built almost in the same fashion. But these other pyramids were built to put the pharaohs that are that were dead and uh, you know that made the made the mummies and they put them in there. But you see this great pyramid at Giza was there years and years and years before the pyramids of Egypt. It was the very first of its kind. And the only one of its kind. It stands in the true north of the world. And when, when you see all the characteristics that make up that pyramid, you will find that it so much directs people to nature. It so much shows and points to, uh, to, to, to what already God had placed in the skies. And no one knows who built that pyramid. All these archaeologists and science and uh, historians, they don't know. They presume maybe it is this and maybe it is that. That pyramid was there before even Jesus' time. Of course, it was there before even the Noah's time. It didn't have a cape. Headstone. There's a lot to talk about that pyramid. One day I'll take time and you know, Wednesday service and talk about it. But here we receive a prophet in this end time. Who gave us an answer that the world does not know. And he said that he knows who built that pyramid. And he said Enoch built that pyramid. And now we as believers of the message have a revelation that even the great scientists and historians don't have. And he says Enoch was a prophet. And he says Enoch was, uh, what's the word that he uses? Well, then he says he built that pyramid. That the way that pyramid was built, it had to be a prophet. And now takes that and he says the first Bible was the pyramid. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, and, and then the other Bible was the um the, the, the stars and the moons and the sky. And Oh, I think that was the first, and then the pyramid was the second. And then the third is the one we have here. And all these point to the same thing. They all say the same thing. And they all point to one another. Praise the name of the Lord.
And here Noah comes thousands of years later. And Noah had an ark. And Noah too was a prophet. And Noah was given a message. And people rejected that message. People came and tried to help him. They tried even to build the ark for him. But that was the upper room of that moment they came in they stayed for a while and went away they came in they stayed for a while and moved away and walked away I, I believe what was the attitude of Noah the attitude of Noah was I would that everybody in my town in my city would come and be here like I say, it was a great civilization. But I'm saying with all the civilization we have today and the technology, they cannot even rebuild the pyramid of Giza. Which means the technology and the science and the civilization that was there in the days of Noah by now, the one we have, that was greater than ours. And science, so you think you are so advanced. You have smartphones. You have tablets, iPad, internet. And great technology. During the days of Noah, it was greater than we are today. So now you must see how weird Noah looked with his message. How indifferent he looked. They told him, God is voice told him, go and build an anak. And it was specific. It looked so old fashioned. It looked so But you see, uh, it, uh, the people didn't understand it. It is said that they also built other acts. And they were laughing at the one of Noah. They were like uh, that man who built the Titanic. It is said that they asked him a question. They said, sir, you've built the Titanic. But tell us, how strong is it? How safe is it? And he laughed. <laughs> this one. Not even God himself can sink it. And on its first voyage. It sank. Who can stand against the king? No one can. No one will. And notice, Noah was having a different message. Just like the message we have today. It's so different. And it makes sometimes the believers feel as if, oh, how will the world look at us? Maybe they will feel we are out of date. Sisters, how can you not use makeup? Can you imagine these days they say make, doing, doing makeup is beautiful? They actually call it a queen. Why? Because it's 
making up yourself to beautify yourself and we know that the life of the devil it is not beautifying yourself if you do makeup actually it's not a new thing do you know that makeup has not come because of technology? Makeup was here even before technology. All the heathens. Look at all the heathen tribes all over the world. In Africa, in South America, in America, the Red Indians, in India, in, 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 in Europe, all these native tribes. You know, in Ireland, before they all received Christ, they were painting themselves. They were in Karamoja recently. But you can even see the believers who were, who believed, uh, rather who believed after having grown to a certain degree. They had already been painted. Even the men. In, in Ethiopia, it's the same with the Borana. Ethiopia, Borana. And, and, and even uh, as you go into those remote, remote areas. In Kenya, Kenya. Even here, in Congo, in Congo. You find they will paint themselves like cats. Yes. They will pierce themselves. They will cut some parts, pieces of their body. And they will put things on their ear as to act as a, what we call today an earring. Some of them they will take bones, bones of animals, and they have killed. And then they will put it in their nose. They still do that today. They put it in their ears. They never used to dress to dress at all. Then they paint their whole body up. So who say that painting or makeup is a sign of civilization? Makeup is a sign of the heathenism. And I don't care whether you call yourself a Christian or a child of God. As long as you do that, you have a sign of heathenism on you. It simply shows you have not got enough Christ in your heart to know that that should really be put away from you. Thousands and thousands of years ago, before civilization got to where it is today, the Israelites, the nation God had chosen, do not do those things to Do not paint yourself. Do not do the way they do things. Do not fornicate. Do not do that. 
Because you are a special people. I tell you the special people are no longer only just the Israelites. The Christian is a special person. The Bible says we are royal priesthood. We are kings and priests of God. We are special before the Lord. And that's why believers don't make up. Because believers are not heathens.
with the sin. Let me tell you, church. Time came one day. I don't know how it happened. But at that moment, on that day, all those that did not need to be in the ark were not there. Thousands of people were helping Noah. Think of it. At that moment, they were all not there. Only Noah and seven members of his family. That's why, let me tell you, even if you are only one in a nation, standing for the truth, standing for the word of God, never be ashamed to declare the word of truth. Hallelujah. You may be one in your institution. You may be one at your place of work. You only one in your town. One in your neighborhood. One in your home. One in your country. It doesn't matter at all. You still stand for the truth. No, I was only one. Out of a million. That had heard from God with a message. And he alone with his family. Eight souls. Can you imagine? Eight. Not that the world was empty. The world had millions of people. But only eight. We are saved. And all the others were not there. The, the ark was shut. The door was shut. They came back. All the people of the news. Hello. Hello. It's BBC. It's BBC today. The news, the hot news that I've just The ark. The door has been closed. And it is said, but it's not now that closed it. The rumors are going around that some unseen force himself can open it. So now, the, 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 you know, the, the, the security forces have been coming around to see how to rescue Noah and his family. Meaning that Noah has lost his mind. And has put his family in danger. And so they're trying to see how they can rescue him. And, yeah, this is the midnight news. And the military and all the security forces. They've been around the ark. They say that they themselves cannot be able to open up the ark. Meanwhile, the, the, also the, the Navy seals are trying to come around. Uh, the news at 9 p.m. It has started to rain. The, the, the prophecies of this man, crazy man, is coming to pass. But according to the to, what, what is this kind of thing that uh, these people that predict weather and order? Yeah. But according to the weather forecast, that you see it was already seen in science years ago science. that the weather could change because of global warming. 
And maybe they had predicted it might drop a little bit of water. After all, it's not a really new thing. Let's see how things will go. The news at 11 The water levels are increasing. And people are starting to worry. And everybody's running around. And meanwhile, no one has heard about the crazy old man and his family. And according to the uh, Ministry of Wildlife, given the animals that are in that little ark, they might already have eaten up north. <laughs> The news at 6 a.m. in the morning. The ark is no longer seen. There was a storm in the night. And, and, and as the water levels increased, the ark disappeared. And so, the story of the old, stupid, foggy, old man ends. And so now, the water levels are increasing, and the needs of Noah decrease, after feeling sorry for him. I believe everybody was there watching the news today. Everybody was like, Bambi, that old man. Oh, Namukado, Bambi. Oh. Bambi. Sorry. They have been young, his children. Oh. And the water levels were increasing. The news also ceased. Because I believe the greed, the power greed also stopped. It was stopped, the electricity. The internet was stopped. All the technology was stopped. No one knew what was happening. Everything crashed. The financial system crashed. Government crashed. Government after government. Government is so the powerful government of the world. Everything stopped. And now everybody for himself. They could not get water and food anymore. They could not eat anymore. They started eating their children. They finished their children. They died themselves. Others died in the in the in the shipwreck. Because they had those ships they had made by themselves. Others died in the swamp. Others died in many other places. Of course, there are those with airplanes. I'm sure water levels reached so that even those in their aeroplane with the technology of that time they themselves did not survive because soon fuel got 
run out. <laughs> they could not land nowhere. They had to come back and cry. Do you know the Bible says that the other levels went so high higher than any mountain you know. There was no mountain that was higher than the after water levels decrease, after many years, after many days, as the water levels increase, the ark sat on the mountain. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm telling you, church, that was a world event. It did not happen in one country. It happened to the whole earth. It happened to the whole world. Water filled the whole world. Whether you believe it or not, it happened. And I'm telling you, church, another event like that, even more fierce than that, is coming yet to come. And God is preparing his people. God is preparing his bride. Not to go in those tribulations. Hallelujah. Amen. It is not water. This is time. It is fire. Their education will do no good for them. Their sires will not help them. Their churches will not help them. The Pope will not help them. will crumble. The church of Uganda will crumble. The church of Canterbury will crumble. The Orthodox church will be down. The powers will crumble. And I tell you, the Bible says that all the other nations will bow down to the King of Kings. Hallelujah. And guess who will be reigning together with you? It will be me and you. Who have had half a room experience? So we are very busy now talking about the upper room experience and the anti message. And it will look like crazy. But I tell you, let me be crazy. I'd rather be crazy. I'd be a fool. Now. Than to lose my entire life. Oh, go single period of I know where I am standing. Mani, watching you. I know in whom I believe. Mani, the upper room experience is not an option for me. This is not an option for me. Don't let it be an option for you. I don't know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, come one day at a place, at a time, alone with God, and tell Him to give you that encounter. Let me tell you, when you receive the Holy Ghost, it charges you up. It gives you a supernatural power to live beyond yourself. Will you be tempted yet? 
things you can no longer do. Because you don't want to do. But because there is a power in you. Controlling you. Starting from within. Starting your life. And the people will look at you. And they can't understand you. They can't understand it. Because it is strange. They call it a heresy. But Paul said the way that is called heresy was by the Lord of God. Number two. This is a very important time for us to be here and hear the word. Time comes and soon it will be when we can't hear the word. It's 7.5. I will use 10 more minutes. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in, with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. Here is the upper room encounter. Brother Solomon, this is the upper room encounter. Brother Isaac, you need this. Every one of us needs this. I need this. At one point in your life, you need this. Without this, you cannot overcome. Without this, you are headed straight for the tribulation. And don't you ever think that it's going to be a light moment? Because it will not be. But even the tribulation is not the worst thing. After the tribulation, then there is also hellfire. And hellfire, you will not go out easily out of it. And the prophet says you could burn for a million years. Two million years. But you'll really be a long, 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 long time. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. And there'll be some who say, Well, thank God, even if I don't make it for the rapture, I might be the tribulation saint. The worst mistake you have ever made is to hear this message of the hour. Because the chances are that because 
the unfortunate chance is that since you have heard the message, it might actually be that you have even never been part of the foolish version. And that you are meant to be bright. And when you lose your slot, if you don't abide in your calling, it's gone, it's done for you. The Holy Ghost. The upper room says the Holy Ghost removes the icons. Oh, brother, what was the Holy Ghost given for? Some of you people walking along saying, well, I just can't quit drinking. Well, I just can't quit this. The Holy Ghost comes to live in you. Make all these cans get away from you. That is how I was before I received the Holy Ghost. I felt there is nothing I can do. I felt insufficient in myself. How can I live as a young man without ever fornicating? And I tell you, Chuck, when I received the Holy Ghost as a young man, kept me, kept me, and gave me the ability. To live a moral life. Hallelujah. Amen. And it's the same Holy Ghost even today. Never say I can't after you receive the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost comes to take all these can'ts, get away from you. He make women stop cutting their hair. Do you know, sisters, you should never cut your hair. The Bible says if you cut your hair, you shouldn't even pray. And you, you dishonor your husband if you cut off your hair. You see why? The Holy Ghost will make you stop cutting your hair. The Holy Ghost will make you quit wearing shorts and slacks, your sister. You know, wearing the, 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 the wearing the shorts. Shorts and I think they call it bikini or what? I don't know. bikini. You know, they wear those shorts. They're supposed to be in a wear. But they wear them and walk on the street. Shaking their bodies. The moment you receive the Holy Ghost, it will make you stop that. And I tell you, you sisters, they may not be here, but sometimes someone, you know, gets to hear our something. You know, if you are in Christ, and you wear these blacks, you wear these you don't have the Holy Ghost. If you cut your hair, you don't have the Holy Ghost. You see, the Holy Ghost will make you quit doing this thing. No excuses. It will make them quit battling. 
Receive the Holy Ghost. 
will stop your smoking. You will drink it. He will give you alcohol. And you will say, I'm sorry, I can't take that. Why? Because you are the Holy Ghost. It will make you to stop wanting to be a big shot. <laughs> it will take that out of you. It will humble you when you do that. That's what the Holy Ghost is for. It's for a holy life. It will make you stop. It will make you quit gossiping. It will make you quit playing cards. Shooting crops. And all these other things that you do around the corner. It will make you quit carrying on the way you are doing. Living untrue to your wife. That's what it will do. It will quite quit, make you quit wanting to marry somebody else's wife. That's exactly right. That's what it is. It will make you live a holy life. That's what the Holy Ghost is called. set your affection on things above. The mind of question you. You can't help from seeing those things. You can't help seeing them. You will always look at them, right? But when you look at them, you turn your head. It will make you. The Holy Ghost is to make you to turn your head. It will make you to stop. It will make you. You see, Peter, Peter, having been a good believer, but without the Holy Ghost, he went back in the things he was doing. He went back to fishing. The way before Jesus met him. I ask you a question as I After the upper room experience, did he go back one time to fishing? Think about it. And I've not done with this someone. I'm here to continue with it. Let us stand. Why don't you ask the Lord tonight to give you the Holy Ghost? If you know that the Holy Spirit is for you, there is no way you can miss having it. It's been given to you and for you. Let us pray. And those with that need, I need you to raise up your hand. As you solemnly give your heart. I can't help. But to say, I can't. But I've heard tonight. The preacher say, 
the Holy Spirit will take away the curse and will make everything possible. Lord Jesus. No doubt someone is raising their hands. I have mine. My eyes closed. So I don't know who is raising up. But my prayer, Lord, is that whoever is raising up, may you give them the money. Enable them to overcome. Lord, this is what you do. And I know you are more than we are to change everyone's life seeing that the day is coming soon and very soon help us to be very sensitive Lord, we don't want to miss I don't want nothing here. For someday, his blessed face, I want to say, it makes no difference what I call. Heavy is my cross, but I don't want nothing here to hinder me. Lord, this is my prayer tonight. I don't want nothing here to hinder me. Oh, someday his blessed face I want to see. It makes no difference what I call. Oh, how heavy my cross. I don't want nothing here. Let us sing it one more time. I don't want nothing here. Change me. For someday. Oh, his blessed face. I want to see. Makes no difference. What the cost? And how heavy is my cross? I don't want nothing here to hinder me.